Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, The Bird Show. Sometimes different words, different phrases will mean different things based on your age, right? So, Abby, when I ask you at 26 years old, what does out of pocket mean? It means if you're being a little outrageous, if you're being a little little too much. Mm -hmm. A little too much, a little unhinged, right? A little unhinged. That's what most millennials think that that phrase means when it doesn't. You guys have redefined that word. That's not what I think it means. What does it mean? I think it means when you have to pay for something yourself. Out of pocket. You come out of pocket for it. Okay, that's another good one, right? Um, So there are three different definitions now of this statement. And you will answer differently based on your age. Because Cassie, you're how old? 38. Okay, those are two right there. My boss, every time she's going to be out of the office for a portion of the day, not the whole day, but like for a, a, a doctor's appointment or something, she'll say, so I'm going to be out of pocket today from one to two. <laughs> just cracks me up every time because it's like, what you going to get up to, girl? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So out of pocket for me means you can't reach me right now. For the next two hours, I'm out of pocket. Re- I didn't e- really? N- what? Yes. I didn't even know that. that was. I didn't even know that was a, another definition. Tommy, is that what it means to yeah, you too? Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard that. I've heard all the ones that have been said. I've heard it said that way. My favorite is there's a Gen Zer online who has posted about wor- at her work, and she works with a lot of boomers, but it's like a very like supportive culture, and so she teaches them phrases to use to sound younger, like what out of pocket would really mean, mm-hmm. or like that slaps or yeet or what have you. And in return, she'll say, how do I tell this person to F off? This isn't my job. And they translate her stuff into corporate speak for her. So it's a two-way translation. So she gets how to be like, thank you. This really isn't in my lane at the moment. And I don't have the capacity to take on this project. But let me reroute you. Like, so they'll do that for her. And I just think it's the cutest, like, like work relationship ever. We're going to call him Doug here. He regrets asking his wife for a divorce. And is wondering from your guys' perspective, is it too late? She won't talk to him. Uh, he wants to be on the voice disguiser. Hey, Doug, good morning. Hey, how's it going? All right. Okay. Bring us up to uh, speed here. Give us the history, why the divorce, why the reversal in your mind and your heart over it. Tell us everything. Sure. So, yeah, so we were together about 14 years. We, um, uh, let's see. So we, um, so I spoke with her about, you know, helping out around the house and, um, we had bought a larger home, uh, about four years, uh, before the end of our marriage. Uh, we went from a small condo about, uh, 500 something square feet to 2,800 square feet, you know? And, um, and at that point she actually ended up getting laid off right away, uh, which was no problem. Um, 
but uh, because our finances were in a great space, place or whatever. So, and we had no kids or anything like that. So uh, during that, uh, during the last four years um, and most of the marriage, she just maintained like doing the kitchen or really doing the dishes and helping out with administrative, you know, uh, writing checks or something like that, or, mm-hmm. you know, anything administrative around the house or whatever. So during that time, she had nothing that she had to us obligated to do. She may have come to my office and helped out a little bit on my own business. Um, but meanwhile, I'm working 16 hours a day. I'm, uh, I paid off the house in 18 months, um, uh, bought cars, bought, uh, paid off, made sure we stayed debt free. Um, I also cleaned the house um, while still working at least 16 hours a day. Um, like she didn't like cleaning bathrooms. I had no problem with that. You know, I did that. I did home improvements, home repairs. Uh, I even bought a little vacuum to run around the house um, to clean the house and such. Um, and um, uh, during that time, uh, you know, I just asked her to help out with 50% of the household work, which seemed rather reasonable. She had no job and I was working like crazy and doing everything else. So, which, you know, probably still wouldn't hit 50%. But, um, um, you know, I just felt unappreciated, unloved, and uh, taken for granted. Um, so one day I was just like, um, you know, I was really frustrated uh, through that, especially the last conversation we had. She's like, oh, I thought we'd have a housekeeper by now. So I was like confused and frustrated at that point. So um, so between that and, of course, our bedroom life, you know, but, you know, we spoke about that. A little change, but, you know, bedroom life is also an issue. But but I think more, you know, being a partner was more of a problem for me, uh, for her, uh, with her. And um, so I was extremely frustrated. And it may not even sound divorce worthy to you guys, but um, yes, yeah, so I asked her for a divorce at that point. Um, and during that time, you know, we, you know, she was, you know, she talked about going to counseling, but it just never happened. And a lot of it, uh, I think even we had like, you know, even from COVID stress and, you know, a lot happened during those four years. But, um, um, and during that time, we split finances, you know, 50-50. Um, and um, so, but then the funny thing is I ran into her one day and she goes, um, oh, she wouldn't speak to me after we got divorced, um, a little after, you know, divorcing or whatever. Um, she just would not speak to me whatsoever. So I ran into her and she tells me I took everything, which is kind of crazy because we split everything. Um, and... Um, she may be talking about things around the house or, you know, household goods, maybe. I'm not sure. But um, we didn't really have a full conversation because, you know, we talked for a little bit. Well, we didn't talk. I kind of walked behind her talking to her, and she just gave me this attitude and told me I took everything, and which is crazy because, you know, like she's in a great financial position, or should be. I don't know what she's doing now. But, you know, she drives off in her almost $100,000 car talking about I, I took everything. I'm like, are you freaking crazy? Whatever. So it's just such a, a, an ironic situation there. So, um, you know, at this point, um, I'm just like, you know, um, you know, double, you know, thinking back and like, should I have divorced or should I, you know, was I, you know, frustrated? Was it, you know, you know, what was going on at that time? I had really a lack of sleep at that time as well because I was working like crazy. And, you know, some days, you know, I might be working for sleeping for four hours a day, you know, uh, but now um, I'm retired and um, this is just uh, six months later. And, um, you know, just thinking about everything and, uh, I'm thinking, you know, should I be trying to work on things? Should I reach back out? And I've reached out to her multiple times. She doesn't communicate with me in any way. Um, and, um, yeah, so I'm not trying mm. to be like the crazy ex or anything like that, reaching out to her, but, you know. All right, so hold on one second. Okay, that's a lot of details. So why the change in attitude? Because if you want her back, 
um, even though she's not taking your calls or whatever, there's, there, there has to be a solid, solid reason for her to open her heart back up. And that might be gone. You know, there are just some people that once that's done, it is done and there is no U-turn. So why the, why the change now? Just looking back at everything, uh, maybe it wasn't big enough of an issue and we should have done counseling. Um, so I think just everything moved really fast. The divorce just, I mean, it was it, it was online and it was just kind of like, you know, judge popped up two minutes later, we're divorced, you know. Um, and it was just like within a couple of months of filing, you know, and during that time we had a lot going on. Um, um, so we've never argued. It was a great relationship. When I look back at it, um, we never had, you know, when I say, you know, people are always surprised when I say we never argued, we never, you know, fought, fought about stuff. We just talked about stuff, figured it out together. And we had a great partnership, but you know, with that outside of, you know, everybody's like, Oh, you should just hire the housekeeper and such, but hold on one sec. Hold on. Partner. Cause Kristen yeah. is looking at her mic very skeptically. So I, I do think we tend to misremember or not misremember, but we choose to remember what we want to remember of the past, right? And you say it happened very fast, and I'm sure the divorce did, but you said this was four years, four years of you asking her to contribute more, not financially, just help. You're, you explained, um, and I'm, I'm just going to go by that you're being honest with us, 16-hour days, you're doing the house maintenance, you're doing a majority of the, ho- you know, the home, the housework, she wanted a housekeeper, um, she was unemployed at the time. So when you say you feel like you were taking, you know, you were being taken for granted or taken advantage of, I mean, if all this is accurate, you, you were. So, um, while you may not have had like drag out fights or arguments, if you look at this person for four years and she never stepped up to help, you got severely taken advantage of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, we were together for 14 years. I know. Together. Um, and um, during that time, I mean, granted, we were in a smaller space. So it was like one bedroom, one bathroom, one kitchen, you know. So, But now we moved into this larger property with land and everything else. And it's just like, you got to help out. You got to help more with Look, this. Doug, the, the, the details yeah, even. I'm taking advantage of, but we should have gone to counseling. The details are almost I'm, inconsequential you know. here, man. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want your lady back, you yeah. know, because I agree with Kristen 100%. But if you want your lady back, man, calling a radio station and asking what you should do is not going to cut it. You got to get over to that house and knock on the door, man, and tell her how you feel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. That's all you can do. That's all you, know, you can do. Well, I'm trying not to have any conflict either. You know, you know I don't want anything to blow up into something else. And, you know. Is she dating anybody so. else right now? I mean, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, doubt, I strongly doubt it. Look, if I'm um, you. And- I don't know. And we're on limited time here, so we got to take off. But if I'm you, I'm going over there, I'm knocking on the door, and I'm showing her that, look, I've rethought this thing through. Maybe we made a mistake. I'm willing to go to counseling here. And She's more mad about the I took everything kind of thing, which is what she said. She's like, I'm not mad. It's not the divorce. I feel like you took everything, which is just absurd. Yeah. you. It's irrelevant if you want to back. You got to go over there, like Bert said, and just knock on the door yep. and pull I mean, your heart out. Not mad about missing you. She's mad about missing the things. Why do you want her back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do that for half an hour here. Yep. That's that's longer than what Doug. we have time for, Doug. man. <laughs> well, he also said that he's retired now, so maybe he's got some more time. He's I thinking know. it. Now he's maybe a little bit on the lonely side. That's but what I'm the bottom line doesn't even matter. You want your lady back, you got to knock on the door and say, I want you back. I screwed things up. It's the Bert Show. 
Hey, the Bird Show. All right, moving on. The email is they've been together for eight years and he still hasn't proposed. How much more time should she give him? Mo's got the email. Dear Bird Show, I'm in need of some serious advice. My boyfriend and I have been together for eight years. Our last year of high school or through college and now finishing out our third post-college year. Our relationship has, of course, had its ups and downs, but we have grown strong and rarely fight or have disagreements. We're both 27 years old, have a house. Well, technically it's mine because I bought it, but we do live together, and we both have well-paying jobs that we love. We're financially stable and live a very comfortable life. Everything has been pretty great. Well, almost. Over the last two years, I've casually brought up the idea of getting married. I don't want to be a girlfriend forever. And being a mom one day is super important to me. But something I don't want to do until I'm married. After the first year or so of dropping hints, it had become clear that he still hadn't done anything to get us there. No discussions with my parents, no ring shopping, nothing. So I became more clear. About six months ago, I had a serious discussion with him about how important marriage was for me. That it was a non-negotiable for me and how I didn't want to get complacent with our relationship. He said that he'd just been too busy to get those things done and assured me that he'd heard me and that things would change. Well, that was six months ago, and you guessed it, still in the same place as before. Meanwhile, it seems like everyone around me is getting engaged to people they've known for a fraction of time that my boyfriend and I have been together. I know I'm not supposed to compare myself to others, but it's so hard seeing my friends so happy. (laughs) And I am so, so sad and becoming increasingly worried that I might be wasting my time. Over the past few months, I've built up so much resentment towards my boyfriend over this. Tonight, it all came to a head and we had a big fight over it. The conversation of marriage clearly made him uncomfortable, and he accused me of nagging him nonstop about it. He stated that it's not fair to him that he has to, he has happened to be, that he has to happen on, it has to happen on my timeline. He said that if I don't want to be with him as his girlfriend, I just don't want to be with him at all. When it does settled, it was clear to me that he still didn't have any immediate plans for marriage. In fact, he seems to be even more resistant to the idea than ever before. I feel like he would be content with dating as we are now indefinitely. After this fight, I really don't know if he's going to ever get there. I've told myself for so long to just give it more time, but after eight years, how much longer do I give? Shouldn't he know by now? It feels impossible to lose him because he really is my best friend. But it feels even more impossible to stay and wonder if our forever will ever happen. I hate feeling like I'm not good enough for him to want to spend the rest of my life with me. I mean, if he wanted to, don't you think he would have? Do I leave him? Or I guess in my case, kick him out over this or give it more time? Am I pushing too hard? Any advice is much appreciated. And please don't sugarcoat. Sincerely, I just want to be wanted. Okay. What I heard was, please don't sugarcoat. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think when you're reading over an email like that, I'm hoping if you're listening to your own words, Mm -hmm. it is just so obvious to you. Look, that's a long time in your life. You're 27 years old and you've been with them for eight years. That's a third of your life, right? Um, So, yeah, he... He's telling you everything that you need to know already. By what he's not doing. By what he's not doing. This is one of your perfect um, examples of when to use the line in the sand day. So, like, you've expressed how important it is for you to be married and that you want to get engaged, you want to be proposed to, you want to be a mom, you want to start a family. So, you've made it very clear where you stand. He now knows. So, now you sit and 
put that to the back of your mind. But have a date sometime early next year. And if he doesn't propose by that date, walk out. I think they have both made it very clear to each other how they feel, her in, in her words and him in what he's not doing. And once you know that information, it's really up to you and what you want to do with it. And I think if if it was more important for her to just be with him because he's the guy, then the marriage thing, I think she would be able to get past. But since you can't get past it and that's more important than just being with him, then I think you draw that line as soon as possible. Yeah, I was going to be hopeful because engagement season doesn't really end until January. You still got to get through uh, the Christmas holidays and all those Christmas proposals. But honestly, reading this email, it does not seem like this guy is ever going to get married to you at least. And I know that's hard to hear, but you said don't sugarcoat it. And I just think after eight years, I think you know if you want to be with somebody for the rest of your life or if marriage is something that you're ready for. And it doesn't sound like this is something that he wants. And I know it's painful now. I know it will be painful now to end this relationship, but I just don't want you to stick this out two more years and now you're pushing 30 and realizing I should have done this two years ago. Like I know they've been together eight years, but some of that was during like, you know, adolescence because she's 27. They've been together eight. So, I mean, they got together when they were teenagers. So I'm actually going to like... Not make make that a wash, but so, yes, it's been eight years, but because you were teenagers in that early years, make your life, like, let the dust settle, just be, see how you feel about the relationship. If it's still super important to you by the beginning of next year and he hasn't done it, bye-bye. I usually endorse that line in the sand date. I think he's past that. I'm with these guys over here. I think you should take, he's not going to change. I mean, especially because he's known her since high school. You know now at this point. So if you're not going to do anything about it, I wouldn't waste another day. I would get out tomorrow. 100%. The Bird Show. All right, let's debate. All right. I saw this headline, and I also read the Craigslist ad. Those are still a thing. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know, would you let your spouse go clubbing with a friend of the opposite sex or if they are attracted to the same sex. Whatever sex they're attracted to, that's the person they're going out with, all right? So let me explain. One New York man on Craigslist tried to find a crafty solution to ensure his wife could go to weekend events safely without him in attendance. So in a Craigslist ad that went viral, he says, my wife is great, but she always wants to go out, especially to Brooklyn electronic music events. Unfortunately, I'm unable to keep up with her. I'm not disabled or anything. I just need someone who can chaperone her to these events as a friend so I can get some rest. He goes, ideally, you're into this type of music. You like to party. You're probably in your late 20s to 30s. She's 30. The husband even set an hourly rate as well as offering to cover the price of admission to any event that would take place most likely on a Friday or a Saturday. If he goes, if you're interested, please respond with a brief description about yourself. Thanks. So my question for you, by the way, at the very beginning, it says looking for gay man to take wife out to party (laughs) in Chelsea. This was the ad. So something you would be cool with or as a spouse, is it your job to like suck it up and not maybe all the time, but to support your spouse's interest. First of all, it's a dangerous ad, uh, especially if he shows the picture of his wife. Because you know how many straight dudes are going to go, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the gayest guy. Yeah, gay. Very, not- very safe. Gay as ever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get more gay than me. I'll take your wife out. <laughs> what does it say about me that not, that never even crossed my mind? I didn't think about it either, but it's you're, fact. You're not a guy and you're not shady, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mo, would you? 
Mm, no, nah, I don't think I could do that. I mean, if it was genuinely something she just wanted to do, yeah. then I would have to consider it. But if it was a situation like where it sounds like he's saying that he's just tired and he doesn't huh. want to be out, nah, I would suck it up. I'm your club buddy. Even yeah. if I got to be in there sleep, I'm going to be I'm, I'm gonna be with you. I'm going to take the opposite side of this. I'm so down with it. Really? I'm not worried about it at all. Look, either you have trust or you don't have trust, right? right. Either it's going to happen at work. If, if it's going to happen... What am I going to do? Shield my fiance or my girlfriend, whatever, from every dude, every situation? Yeah. Uh, you trust the guy? Now, I, I wouldn't do it in this form. I wouldn't do it in an ad. It would have to be somebody I know. But yeah, look, one of her best friends, a guy named Jesse, is about as good looking a dude I've ever met in my life. They go out together and they hang out. It's safe, man. And if it happens, it happens. I would be cool if she knew the guy. But if she doesn't know the guy like a complete stranger, I don't know if I could do that. Um, way back in the day, um, my ex-wife loved to dance. She's a damn good dancer. I hate dancing. You do. Oh, my God. I'm so bad at it. I'm so uncomfortable. It's like the least thing that I like to do. So every time she wanted to go out, I knew specifically I would call my friend Pete and go, Pete, you got to meet us out tonight and you got to dance with my wife all night. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? I swear what? to you, this is not a made-up story. Pete, we're going out tonight. Will you dance with Stacey on night? Pete was your dancing king? Pete was my dancing dude. Okay. <laughs> I'd sit at the bar and I would drink, and they would have a great time all night, man. Did Pete ever, like, get a little too... Nah, Pete was ugly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he could dance, but he was ugly. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> hey, Jackie, good morning. You're on the Bird Show. Hi. <laughs> Hey, why doesn't he just hire a security guard? Then she can go out with whoever she wants. Yeah. She's got security there to protect her. And by the way, even ugly dudes know how to hit on women. So. <laughs> yes, they do. They sure are probably better than good-looking guys, I'm actually. they got to work harder. Hire a security guard. Well, because, I mean, it says here, husband was seeking someone to chaperone his wife. Mm. So, and I was curious to get Cassie's perspective as far as, like, a husband looking for a chaperone for his wife because he doesn't want to go. By the way, just to that uh, last call before Cassie answers, she can screw around with the bodyguard. Yeah, but it reflects on them professionally. So what? Dudes don't care. No, I feel like in the security world, if you get that rap where you're not going to be professional around clients, like, you're not going to get new jobs. No husband is going to hire you whatsoever. But (laughs) chaperone? Yeah. If it had said party buddy, I'd be like, that'd be one thing. It's weird. I mean, I guess if you live in a shady part of town and you want protection, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like that. I read that what, like, it just feels like they want somebody there to make sure their wife doesn't screw around on her. Right. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the idea of a chaperone. I am just going along with the idea that I'm assuming the wife has agreed to this in some capacity. And if she agrees to it, well, then that, that works for them. Are chaperones needed in Brooklyn? Yes. Okay. <laughs> In a word, yes. My, my advice to dudes is go find yourself an ugly Pete. That's <laughs> the Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. Tara, welcome to the Burt Show. Hi, how are you? Good. All right. So you sent us an email uh, with a with a dilemma that you're in, and thank you for trusting us. Anybody else has any dilemmas, you can always hit up com and shoot us an email. And... Essentially, you want to know, is it wrong for you to like your dad's mistress? Yes, that's the dilemma. That is the dilemma. Okay, so break down how your dad ended up with a mistress and what your mom and dad's relationship was like that was what your mom and dad's relationship was like before that even happened. Okay, so a little backstory. Um, My parents 
divorced uh, in 2010. My dad got custody of us, but before that, every couple months, my mom would take my brother and I and go move back in with her parents, um, my grandparents. She would just, it was, she was very unstable yeah. and it was very hit or miss. It was just tumultuous. So they divorced. Dad got us. We saw our mom, but not very often because she was mad that dad got us anyway. So two years ago, I thought I was pregnant with a little girl, and my dad was like, oh, you have to name her Emily Grace. He just kept talking about Emily Grace, Emily Grace, Emily Grace. So one day my mom was talking about, I, as an adult, I've tried to have a conversation, I mean, a decent relationship with my mom. It's been hard, mm-hmm. but I've, been, I've tried. So I was telling her that dad, oh, dad loves Emily Grace, and she got furious. And she said, well, your dad had an affair 25 years ago, and that was his mistress's name. <gasps> okay. Wow. Time out. Time out. Let that wash over, everybody. Why on earth would your dad try to get you to name your daughter after his mistress? Because he loved her name? I don't really know. I think it's a little bit crazy, but I think... Let me... Okay, so... Okay, go ahead. Let me finish the story, and maybe it'll make a little more sense. Okay, okay, so, okay. I mean, it's never going to make sense. Well, it's not really going to make sense, okay. but maybe it'll make a little more sense. <laughs> yeah, please. At yep. least you're aware of that, um, mm-hmm. but go ahead. Yeah. So... I asked my dad, I was like, Dad, what's, what is this about? And he was like, well, it wasn't exactly an affair. It was one of the times your mom had left with your brother. So my brother's older than me. She had left, and she was threatening divorce. And so he met Emily, and they were – it was very brief. It was only a couple months because my mom went back with my brother, and she was threatening to take my brother from my dad. And so he went, he went back, and they tried to make things work. So <laughs> – I didn't name her Emily Grace. I did not. I did. This is for the record. I did not name her Emily Grace. Yeah, that would have been but, awkward. That was smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward to now, my dad has been dating this girl, and you know he's on the phone with her all the time. They FaceTime, whatever. Never thought anything about it. Um, meet her for the first time a little while ago, about a month ago, and it's Emily. So the he had the been, Emily from back in the day. The Emily. He had been looking for her since their divorce in 2010 and he oh. finally found her this year um so she's great i mean she's amazing she's good with my girls i have two daughters now she's great with them i've never in my life seen my dad so happy he is like the happiest he's ever been in his life well my mom my daughter actually my she's two she mentioned emily in front of grandmama and Ooh. it did not go well yeah so she, my mom, is like, you're Benedict Arnold. You're such a, I can't believe you would even think about liking her. And I'm just in a quandary because I do like her. My dad likes her. My girls like her. Yeah. I just don't see that it's, I mean, I understand from my mom's perspective because she seems, feels like that's a huge betrayal mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. But it was 25 years ago. Yeah. And just hearing the history of your family and the way your mom would just pick you guys up and like leave as often as she did. Um, Your mom is going to feel the way she feels and she's going to try to make you feel a certain way. Your only job is to control how you let her affect you. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong. And I mean, this is, we're using mistress in quotations. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, right. was, this was a woman that your dad kind of like found comfort in when your mom had, you know, left with your brother. So, um, and, you know, he said nothing physical happened, whatever. But your dad is happy. You like her. You have to trust your own judgment of character. 
And my only advice is you can't allow your mother to dictate who you're friends with and um, nor allow her to make you feel bad about who's in your life. I, I agree. I, I, I get where mom is coming from. Uh, I, I see why it would be tough, obviously, but I, I believe with the history that you have mentioned that your mom has with the entire family and the fact that it's not a set affair, like there's two sides to that story. Um, because of the circumstances, I, I genuinely don't think you're doing anything wrong. I mean, if you sense that she's a good person and has good character and she's good around you and the kids, what are you supposed to do? Just continue mm-hmm. to avoid her for something that happened so long ago? Like, no, I think I get where mom is coming from, but she might have to let this one go. Yeah, I hate it when kids get thrown into the middle of stuff like this because it's very clear that this was just a messy your your parents' marriage was just a messy situation with you know with people leaving and then he's running off to Emily and I think there's really no winning in this situation. You can't make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Your mom is going to be upset and I to an extent I get where she's coming from, but I think you are being a good daughter um, by sticking by your dad and welcoming welcoming Emily into the family as much as you're able. Um, I hope your mom comes around at some point, but there's really nothing you can do to fix this. The damage is done. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Abby's saying, I hope your mom comes. It doesn't sound like your mom's the type of person who's who, who comes around. It's been 25 <laughs> yeah. years. No, she so. doesn't. No, not very much. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I, I hate that you're in this position, um, but if you if you are wondering if you're betraying your mom by liking your dad's mistress in quotations, I'm a firm, no, you are not. I agree. No, your mom's not going to agree, you. but you're doing you're doing the right thing. Thank you. I appreciate that because I feel really bad. I know you on do. On one hand, but I don't on the other because he's happy. Like yeah. he's happy and that's great. And that and that's all you that's all you want for him and that's all you want for her. And hopefully that's all your parents should want for you. Well, half of them do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Listen. It's the Burt Show. We have a P1 in Buffalo that has been going through a tough time and all she wants is a happy birthday shout out from the Bird Show to turn it all around. You just got it. Happy 30th birthday at that. It's over. Ooh, happy birthday. Right. This is going to be your springboard into something much, much better. Oh, I thought you meant life is over because you turned 30. And I'm like, that is rough. Dude. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> so, Katie from Buffalo, thank you for listening to the Bird Show every single day and happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yay. 30 flirty and thriving. Mm-hmm. All right, women know this. Sometimes what they ask for, they already know that's not what they want. Guys are very literal. You tell us what you want, we will do it, right? Kristen proved to us a couple of days ago while she started to put this glossary together like, dudes, when we tell you this, this is really what we mean. Well, you requested the glossary after we took an email from a birth show listener who asked her boyfriend for a break, but then while on the break was upset that he hadn't reached out to see how she was doing. She didn't like the way he was breaking. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so you, being somewhat flummoxed and frustrated... Let's just say curious. Okay. Like, can you please put a glossary together of things women say but might not actually mean so men can decipher them, right? So Cassie and I worked together and put together some of the things that we we as women say but don't necessarily mean to help you decipher a woman code. I think the classic example is, how do I look in this dress? Amazing. I'm I'm fishing for a compliment. Just tell me I look awesome. There's no other response needed. That is not the place for truth. No, that it's not. a place to build her ego. It's, it's beyond truth. You can't even say you look good. You look great. Yeah. yeah. You need to be like a dog salivating at a bone. Oh my God, you look incredible. Mm-hmm. And especially if like she's already in the car, you're already at the event. If she's somewhere where there's nothing she can do about her outfit, 
Why would you tell her anything different? If, if you're already at the event and you haven't told your woman that she looks great yet, you're fired. Yeah. I am breaking up for you guys. All right. So hook us up the things that you are telling us that you want that you don't really necessarily want, et cetera, et cetera. So you know when your woman walks into her closet, she looks around, you guys got 30 minutes until you got to be at dinner, and she's like, I have nothing to wear. She, she literally means that. But it's not because she doesn't have clothes, because you're looking at her closet going, you got a lot of shirts, a lot of pants here. What we mean when we say that is we don't have outfits. I have nothing to wear. I don't have an outfit to wear. So if you're like, why do you have all these clothes and nothing to wear? It's because there's no outfits. There's not enough outfits in my closet. And for me, it's also how I'm feeling about my body that day. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I could have like, yeah, I have some great outfits. One day, it'll look amazing on me. But the next day, I'm bloated beyond belief and everything looks like crap. Haven't you piecemealed together outfits from the clothes that you have in your closet right now, though? I do think Kristen raises a good point to where I feel like as women, like our bodies are constantly changing and fluctuating mm -hmm. and we have these outfits that like six months ago looked really good, but on that particular day, just do not look good on you. Also, it's weird stuff, at least for me, like this pair of jeans cannot be worn with this shirt. Yes. Like they just don't mm -hmm. work together. And yeah, it's how you feel. Is it good enough for the occasion? That's why some women pack so much when they go places. All right. Here's one. If she says, I'm hungry, you need to come up with something to eat. It's on you because she doesn't know. And do not ask, what do you want to eat? And if you want a trick to that, to figuring it out, because every, I know you guys hate when it's, what do you want to eat for dinner? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Here's well, your, here's no, no, your no, trick. That's not the part that's infuriating is when you say, uh, what do you want to eat? And I say Mexican and you say no. And then I say, how about Chinese? And you say no. And then I go, how does Italian sound? And you go, no. And then I go, how about Thai? And you go, no. And I'm like, how, how about Polish food? And she's like, no, there's. Where, where do I go with that? <laughs> Here's what you do. Hey, babe, I'm taking you to dinner as a surprise. Guess where we're going? And then whatever she says, oh, my God, how did you guess it? Because that's clearly what she wants. <laughs> that's a beautiful trick. That is good, actually. Yeah, that's seriously, really if she's like, chilies for chicken crispers or whatever, and you're like, how did you know? So, and then you go to Chili's for your chicken crispers. Do we get in trouble if we force an answer out of you? Like, she's like, oh, I have no idea. And then we have to go, okay, you have to make a guess. You can give generic hints. Okay. But they serve food. <laughs> they serve food. It yeah, has cheers. your you could say it has your favorite <laughs> yeah. dish, but you better know where her favorite dish is, what restaurant serves it. Okay. You can you can do breadcrumbs, but I mean have something in your back pocket. Because also, going with Kristen's theory of we don't want to be a burden, if you've set up a dinner somewhere, like at Fazoli's, I'm not going to argue with you over it because that was a really sweet gesture on your part. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. I also have one that if you're in the early stages of dating with somebody and a girl comes up to you guys and you have a conversation and your lady looks at you and goes, how do you know her? You better be real careful with your response, <laughs> especially if you guys were dating because you don't want to give away too much of like, um, how do I know her? If like, if she's an ex hookup, you just be like, oh, she's an old friend. But if you legitimately dated, just be like, oh, I, I dated her a million years ago. It's whatever. So if we say she's an old friend, you're going to immediately default to being an old hookup though, right? Probably. So is there a safer answer than that? <laughs> a safer answer of like, yeah, we dated, but she kind of sucked. Like if you, if you really did have a relationship with her, like it's okay. It's okay. in this moment to say <laughs> um, something negative, just because it's going to make me feel better. The one, I think there are two caveats, family friend, she's a family friend or she's a childhood friend. 
then those to me are like, Mm. you you were a child or it's your family. It's not your friend. So you would rather us lie about that? No, no. I'd rather you, for me, I'd rather you be honest and not lie. But I'm saying like, if you say old friend, that is immediately going to spin off a thousand stories in my head, (laughs) even if they genuinely are just an old friend. I I would concoct quite an impressive story in my head as well. (laughs) Is that right? Then I'd be like, you're lying to me because you still have feelings for her, which is why you're calling her an old friend. Because that way you're allowed to go to lunch or brunch or dinner with her later because she's just a friend. I'm going to just run. I'm going to yeah. take off. I'm out of there. I want to be like one of those fainting goats. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I am out of there. All right. If you're going to the store and you're super sweet and you say, babe, do you need, need anything from the store? And she says, no, thanks. You better not come back without a special treat. Oh, a yeah. candle, a candy bar, a book, a sweatshirt, something. It can be tiny, but you need to come back with a special treat for her. Specifically a sweet treat, typically. Mm-hmm. I told Chad once, do not come back from the store without a food treat from me. That is how you show love. And I cried once when he showed up empty-handed. He's like, I went for raw chicken for dinner, and I was like, there was a candy aisle, and you didn't think of me once? <laughs> okay. They were right there! Yeah. I texted Bart to get me a burger, and he didn't see the text, and he came home without it, and Ooh. I was so upset. I was so mad. You guys got me so panicked. I'm going to go to like a CVS oh. and ask her what she wants to come home with an e-bike for you her. Can't, you can't ask her. <laughs> Oh. She, you have to think about it. But here's the problem is then Chad started bringing home sweet treats and then I cried because I was on a diet and I felt oh, like God. I was being tempted. God. <laughs> That's why you need to know what diet your lady is on just in case. They got sugar-free candy. Yeah, <laughs> That'll do it. Okay, I have um, the three OKs that women give you that can tell you how she's feeling. We have OK spelled out OK or OK. K-A-Y. Okay with just the O and the K and just K. And the less letters, the matter she is at you. Okay. <laughs> this is really important. Yeah. Can we do that again? So we have okay. Uh-huh. O-K-A-Y. Probably in the clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, you're on thin ice, buddy. Mm-hmm. And then we just have K. You better call me and bring me a sweet treat because you in trouble. Okay. Or if you get the thumbs up, that, you are so screwed. I got schooled on that last week. The oh. thumbs up apparently was like an F you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a thumbs up. It's like, cool. Yeah. Nope. No, it's not. It's mm. not. Unless okay. if she's liking the message with a thumbs up, that's fine. That's just that. I saw it. Mm-hmm. Then fine is also a real bad when you're six feet under at that point. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. In, in, in all no lowercase. Yeah. All lowercase. No capitals. No coming back from that. You're dead. Mm-hmm. If she goes shopping and wants to give you a fashion show... Let her. Don't say anything. Compliment every outfit. Yes. I think that's totally and completely sexy. Who would say no to that? A lot of people. Really? A lot of people who you've been married to for almost five years. <laughs> okay. They've learned. Right. But they've learned. Okay. And they've changed their ways, which is good. But it's exciting. You used to, Some people, at least me, used to do it as a kid. You're back to school fashion show for your parents. And it's fun as an adult to be like, look what I got today. Mm-hmm. Like. Just celebrate it's, with it's us. It's always why the game is on, though. That's that's my only <laughs> issue. With it. Like, it's always why the game it's is on. It's a halftime show. Can pause it and then fast forward through a commercial. Okay. Oh, that's uh-huh. fair. And it that's also fair. counts for kids' clothes because I do that to Bart all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That is. That's so true. I'm like, mm-hmm. look what I got today oh, for no. Bart's piece. That's different. No, no. no so we have to sit through a fashion show for the kids also? God, they're not putting it on. I'm just pulling it out and showing you the cute outfits that I found on sale at TJ Maxx. <laughs> It's a maze. It's a maze. It's a a Halloween corn maze that we will get lost in every single time, and there is no way out. And yet you go back every year. Every year. Listen, it's the Burt Show. I love when you guys send me uh, DMs on Instagram with content that we can actually use. This is freaking awesome. So yesterday we got into this conversation. How did we get into the breastfeeding conversation yesterday? Well, Abby sent 
a content email. So I had seen something on the shade room where a woman and her husband were trying to justify why he breastfeeds from her from from her own breast. And then you guys were like, well, you obviously haven't heard of the ninny. And I was like, yeah. I have not, and nor do I want to, but you did anyway. I, I wish I could men in black my mind from no, yesterday. No, you don't. Yes. You loved it, and you will refer back to it on your podcast. I guarantee it. Um, but after that, the ninny call from years ago was uh, a woman that was in like her 20s that, uh, for comfort, used to take to her mom's breasts as an adult. And she we were took like, the breast when she was high stress. People have been talking about it for 15 years, right? We thought it couldn't get any freakier than that. And then yesterday we got more that even trumped those. Yeah, we got more phone calls. One from a woman who worked at a daycare and apparently the parents of a four-year-old admitted that she breastfed her four-year-old and her husband at the same time. Damn. Two for one. Damn. People are nasty. Yuck. There were some other stories like that yesterday, and then I I get this one from one of you guys uh, today. I'm not really sure who Julia Hart is in the celebrity world. She's a professional wrestler and former cheerleader. Okay. So from page six, Julia Hart revealed she breastfed her brother, who is 23 years her junior and just a few months younger than her eldest daughter, after her mom asked her to. So Cassie and I were discussing this. We need some more details. That's all I got. All right. Because if she, if he was an infant, right? So her mom had her and then years later, give, like she has a sibling, but it's a baby. And she has just had her own baby. And so she is engorged and she's producing milk. And mom, her mom is not. And she wants breast milk for her baby, but she can't produce, so she asked her daughter to do it for her brother. <laughs> I don't think it's as, now that I'm saying it, I don't, I don't think it's That's as nasty. weird, I don't think it's as weird. But it's all under the umbrella of weird. <laughs> just well, not as high up. So, some more details. She had just given birth to her daughter, so her brother at the time was also a baby. Yes. So, it was two babies, but then later on, and I don't know how to pronounce it, there was, she was in a community in New York that sort of eschewed modern beliefs, which she ended up leaving at the age of 42. So it sounds like there was another added element onto that. Not not cult, like a cult, but it was like some kind of really religious group. Mm. Like I wouldn't put my brother to my teat, but I would pump for him. <laughs> but at that point, like I, I'll be honest, if I just had a baby and my brother is like my mother had a baby, I'm not, even though the that baby is biologically my brother, it doesn't seem like my brother because it's just a baby. Do you want to w- walk that back? Or are Wait. you sure that you don't want your brother on your teeth? I am 99.9% <laughs> positive. But you said you'd be fine with pumping for your brother and... Yeah, and giving the milk to my mom so she can give them to my brother. It's a wet nurse. gross. No, it's not. That wet nurse your exists. Milk to my your brother? Yeah, there's what, what's wrong with it? Hey, sis, top me off on yeah. my Fruit Loops. If I'm He's the brother, a baby. <laughs> if, if I'm the brother, talk. no thank She's you. She's not giving it to her brother. 
She's giving it to the brother for the child. No, no, no. no. I'm giving it brother. to my brother. I'm giving my milk to my brother. Yes. I'm, my, I'm giving it to my mom, no. who nope. just ha- gave birth gross. to my brother. No. So he, well, there is nothing it's, gross it's about it. literally not gross. It's gross if you are sexualizing it, which yes. sounds like y'all are, but wet nurses exist. You can hire people oh to breastfeed your baby. There yeah, are, who aren't related to you. But there are, <laughs> that milk doesn't, it's not like they're going to, it's like an incest breast milk. That's right. not how that works. <laughs> there That's are, gross. There, did you know? Well, that's fine. Next time, if, if one of you guys have a kid, just uh, go ahead and throw somebody a glass. No, there are breast <laughs> milk supply banks. You there can are. donate your breast milk if, if it's in within certain parameters yeah, for to other, other moms. people. It doesn't feel weird to you that it's the same relative no. at all? It, the, the request, if my mom came to me and said, can you breastfeed your brother? That's weird. I would feel weirded out. But if she came to me and said... I can't produce. Can you give me some breast milk? I'd be like, okay, sure. Yeah. It's like, not I would hop in the freezer and I would pull out whatever I had pumped and froze <laughs> yeah. and like, here's the stuff that's about okay. to expire. Enjoy. Let's put it this way. If your mom came to you and said, can you share some pizza with your brother? The pizza that you cooked. Oh, is that weird? No. 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 It's so different. Yes, what oven did it just, come out of? It's no, no. just food. <laughs> it's literally just food. It is sustenance. It is food. Did the pizza come out of my man boobs? Yes, it did. <laughs> it's, a, it's not <laughs> like it's like a gross bodily discharge like urine. No. It's, it's literal food. That's all it is. Oh, my God. I don't know. All I know is this guy is getting roasted in a group chat somewhere. <laughs> Probably. Listen, it's the Bird Show. We're kicking the show off with some listener drama, and it's actually a dad who is emailing for his daughter. She has this dream to have a career in New York City, and she's going to do interviews, but her boyfriend said if she's going, she's coming back to an empty house because they live in California. So the question is, you're with a guy, you have a dream, you want to go out to New York City and pursue that dream. He lives in California, and he actually says to you, hey, if you do this, then you're coming back to an empty house. I mean, that is... Talk about dramatic, for one. I understand if you want her to stay in California, but I think that might be a little harsh way of of going about it. A little bit. Yeah. All right, so the email reads, hey, Burt Show, longtime listener here. I'm emailing you in hopes that you and your listeners can help me answer my daughter's questions. She's been dating this guy for over six years. They live in San Francisco, and for their age, they're pretty successful. However, her dream has been to live and work in New York City since she was a teenager. She's asked him to move there and try it out for a year, and if they don't like it, they can move back. Finding a job is not an issue. He works remotely. But he refuses because he doesn't want to leave his friends and family behind, which I understand. The issue is that she has four job interviews scheduled for the first week of October and is set to fly out. But he told her that if she does interview, she will come home to an empty house, which we don't believe is fair. But I do understand that he's hurt that she was applying behind his back. Oh, she was applying behind his back. Okay, that changes mm. things a little bit. The, the plot has started to thicken. Absolutely. She's afraid that if she does interview, no matter the outcome, she will come home to an empty house and lose him. And there's still a possibility she will not get the job. Would the women listening to the show go interview, or would you plant your roots in San Fran? I forgot to mention that all her friends have left, which I believe is what motivated her to apply. And we, her family, all live in Arizona. Thank you for your input. 
anonymous dad. Okay, mm. so we got a little more detail here. Um, and, like, if roles were reversed and he went behind her back and applied and, and you know, went out to, was going out to do these interviews, that I think we would have her back, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want the the gender roles to skew our to, to skew our take. We appreciate that. Yeah, pizza rolls, yeah. not gender rolls. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag yes, all pizza rolls. Um, so, Abby, mm-hmm. your boyfriend says this to you. Yes. Honestly, the fact that she did it behind his back really doesn't change things for me. And it wouldn't change things for me for him, too. She's a grown adult. They don't have any kind of legal commitment to each other. And really, they could both of them could walk at any point. I think he's being incredibly childish by saying that you're going to come home to an empty house. Like, have you seen the real estate market? Like how, how, <laughs> like especially how in San Francisco, the cost right? of living there is through the roof. How stubborn do you have to be to go out and find a new apartment just because your girlfriend wanted to do some job interviews? I think the hard truth, and I've, I said this yesterday, when you're in your twenties or when you haven't established your life, life yet, you have to not only find a partner that you're compatible with, but also find a partner that wants the same life as you. And they may just not want the same life, which is easier said than done to just say like, we'll break up. But I think she should go do the job interviews. So Mo, your girlfriend does this, does like sets up the job interviews behind your back. She wants to go apply in New York. And I mean, that is, you don't really get further across country than that. Um, How would you react I would be hurt. I understand where he's coming from simply because, I, I mean, I believe that in a relationship we should be upfront with each other about anything that's life-changing. That's a big deal. That's just not something small. And it would send a clear message to me that you are more concerned about yourself than us. And you doesn't care what I feel or believe, which is fine. That's okay. But it would tell me something. Now, if I'm him, I'm not giving her an ultimatum. I think that's where he went wrong. I, I think if you're that hurt to the point where... She did something to where you're telling her if you do it, you would leave. You should just leave. Yeah. I don't think mm. you should tell her like that if you do this, it will happen. You just do it and you allow her to live her life because she clearly is more concerned about her than the us factor. I think after six years, it's very hard to face this truth. But you're going behind his back to do things. And it's a dream you've had since you were a teenager, which tells you it's important to you. And then he, like Mo said, is offering ultimatums. I think that, you know, in your heart, the relationship has already started to degrade. Um, because if you are happy in a relationship, you don't do this kind of thing and go behind backs and you don't offer ultimatums. So I think you really have to look yourself in the mirror and say, what do I want out of my life? But not only that, look at yourself in 20 years and say, will I regret not going to New York? And if the answer is yes, you have your answer. I think sometimes we stay in relationships when we have a good we, what we see as a good partner or we've been there a long time because it makes sense on paper. And people are always trying to make relationships work. Whereas Abby said, sometimes like your lives just don't align and he can be a great guy, just not a great guy for you. So I would honestly, I would go to New York. I would move. I would live the life that I want and find someone who can fit into it and who I fit into their life. And it doesn't mean you're a failure or that you hate your, your boyfriend. And it's sad. Something's come to an end. But if I were her in retrospect with the knowledge I have now at this age, that is what I would do. But you got to be prepared. You go out there and interview and you don't get any of the jobs. You're still in San Francisco. You know, if he doesn't want to be with you, then now you're just going to have to forge your own way in San Francisco on your own. I, actually, I would just move to New York. Without a job? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if you have some savings, obviously New York's expensive. But if you want to live in New York, you want to live in New York. There are plenty of jobs in New York. You may not get the one you want right out the gate. 
there's a way to make your living and then work your way into the job you want. So if you want that NYC life, move. I, it's so scary. But the one piece of advice I give to people younger than me is take the risk. Take the risk. While you can, while you're untethered, take the leap of faith because your life is going to be so much better for it. And if it doesn't, you have family in Arizona. Go stay with mom and dad. This is The Bird Show.